So today I'm going to be preaching the last service of the of the year, and it's it's really such a pleasure and an opportunity that I don't take for for granted, and I'm really trusting that this message will um, will um, make sense to you, that it will do something to you, do something to your hearts. Let's pray, Father God. We want to thank you for this time. We want to thank you. For the word of your power, the power of your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and flood this space. We ask that you would work in our hearts. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would meet with us. That you would speak clearly to us this, this morning. That you would encourage us. I ask, Lord, that you would anoint my lips. You would anoint me, Lord, that I would speak from your heart, that I would speak from, as one speaking from your throne room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So today is the 12th of December, I think, is it? The 12th of December, and that's exactly about 19 or so days before year end. So I don't know about you, but for me, whenever it comes to December, a lot of things go through my mind. A lot of things go through my heart. And a lot of them are to do with what has transpired in this year or what should have transpired in this year. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you find yourself in that, in that place. Maybe, I don't know where you are, but maybe when you look at 2021, you say, oh, I've got victories to celebrate. I've got victories to celebrate. Maybe for you, you are saying, you know what? I'm one of those who are standing on mountaintops. I've got mountaintops I'm standing on. 2021, Lord, repeat it. I could do with another with a repeat. Because I'm standing on so many mountaintops. Maybe you've got breakthroughs you're rejoicing over. And you're saying, Lord, this was it. This was the year that you've made. Maybe you've got ululations to sound concerning different aspects of your, of your life. Maybe you look at your career and you're like, hoo, 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 I don't know, maybe it's to do with certain relational dynamics. You think about that and you're like, hoo, I don't know. Maybe you've got ululations to sound. Maybe you've got drums to sound. But this was it, Lord. This was the year. Maybe you've got trumpets to blow. I don't know where you are. Or maybe, on the other hand, maybe you've got, you don't have, maybe you've got pain that you are nursing. That's the reality of these years that we go through. Maybe there's pain in your heart. Maybe there are things that you think through in retrospect concerning this year, and you're like, Lord, you know what? I don't know, I just have pain. Maybe you've got regrets that you are pondering. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe there are regrets that you are, you are pondering. Oh, this shouldn't have happened. Or maybe I should have done this. Maybe I should have taken up this opportunity. Maybe I should have terminated that relationship. Maybe I should have built that relationship. I don't know what your regrets are if you have them. Maybe there's discouragement that you are battling with. Things just did not go the way you thought they would, the way you had planned. And so when you look back to October, September, June, July, Feb, March, I don't know, maybe you're in that place where your heart is just discouraged. 
where your heart is just discouraged. Maybe you've got un unaccomplished goals. And I know we've been in the habit year in, year out of writing a list, one to 50 New Year's resolutions. You know, and maybe when you look at your list, if you still have it and you know where it is, you know, somewhere in your study or in your cupboard, and maybe you look at that list, you're like, Aish, I accomplished nothing here. I accomplished um, nothing. Maybe you have losses that you've experienced. They could be financial, they could be material, or even relational, you know, the loss of a loved one. I lost my brother in August. I didn't know it would happen, but it happened. Maybe you have losses that you've experienced in the year. Maybe there's ill health that you went through or are still recovering or you still need healing in a particular area concerning your body. Maybe there are fears that have followed you year round. For some of you, you have not known whether your business would survive. You have not known whether your, your career, you'd still have a job by the 12th of December, 2021. Or maybe you're just mentally or emotionally or physically fatigued, like I am tired, you know, left, right, and center, mentally, emotionally fatigued. Or maybe you still have some difficult relational dynamics to take care of, or just challenges concerning your career, business, or study, or school life. Maybe when you look at 2021, you're like, what? There's so much confusion, uncertainties, anxieties that you're still trying to resolve even as we are and stand at, um, as, at, as at the, the 12th of December. Or maybe you're just experiencing a sense of hopelessness. Or maybe you're aging. Maybe you looked at yourself in the mirror today and you're like, ish, this is not... Actually, when I, before I came to, to... I did say before I came to work. Oh, maybe it is work, I don't know. I, I had, a, you know, like that, the Facebook rem, um, reminders that we would say a year ago. And it gave me like pictures of exactly a year ago. I looked at myself a year ago and tried not to look at myself a year after. But I got that reminder from, from Facebook. You know, so maybe, you know, there is, you, you're aging, you look at yourself in the mirror and ish, that's all I'll say. And, and a. So I don't know where you find yourself. I don't know where, maybe you're in between these extremes, you know, the mountaintops, or, you, or, or the other, on the other side, you know, where things haven't been as, as, as they should have been. The title of my message this morning is Go Forward. Go forward. And I'm trusting that as I preach this morning that the Holy Spirit would minister to you. I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit would resuscitate something in your heart and in your life and in your inner person about going forward, about moving ahead, about forging ahead, irrespective of what life may dish out to you. Sean was talking about spiking numbers in COVID numbers. I cannot promise you that in February the numbers will be down. I don't know. But the message I want to bring to you today is that we should go forward. We want to be those who will say what? We don't know what will happen, but we've got a constant in our life, and the only constant we have is Jesus. The only constant we have is his word. The only constant we have are the promises of God. And the anchor scripture of my message is from Exodus 14. 
And I'm just going to give a little bit of a background here. Exodus 14, we have the story of the Israelites. They've just finally been released by Pharaoh and are on their way to the so-called promised land. Yes. And uh, we know that prior to that, there'd been these plagues that God had um, 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 just uh, used over the, 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 the Egyptians to, to, so that Pharaoh and his people would just let the Israelites go. So we pick up the story from Exodus 14, and we start in verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and camp by Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdol and the sea, opposite Baal-Ziphon. You shall camp before, you shall camp there, you shall camp before it by the sea. And I find it interesting just how God was very specific to Moses. He was very specific about the, his instructions in terms of where they were to camp. So he just didn't say, ah, just go, you know, through the trees, I don't know, somewhere, as long as, you know, the whole bunch of them can just move, you know, just see what you can do, Moses, I think you've got enough brains. But he said, you know what, I want you to specifically camp at a place that is before Pi, Hahiroth, between Mijdol and the sea, opposite Baal-Ziphon, and you shall camp before it by, by the sea. And when I read this particular verse, it is so consistent with God. The thing with God is that when he positions you for the promised land, he also has the detail that, ac that accompanies it. And sometimes we walk through life, we walk through different situations, and though sometimes we may not see the detail of God in it, but in his mind, in his planning, in his purpose for your life, God always has the details. And the challenge is sometimes we don't wait long enough or even go to seek out God to find those, uh, those particular details. But God is always in control. And when God sets us out and positions us for the promised land, he plans the details of your journey pertaining to every season of your life. I don't know what you've gone through this year, but God always goes ahead of you. And the only challenge is sometimes we don't consult him to get those details of, of the journey. And sometimes it's because we want to be in control. You know, we want to be the ones who you know, sort out our lives. We want to be the ones, you know, who are putting the A, B, C, Ds, and Es together and leave God out of it and then do an F, FYI to God. But God is very specific about the details of our lives. In verse 3, For Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, They are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army and the Egyptians, that, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord and they did so. It is interesting that sometimes you see the, de the devil is not all-knowing. He does not, and sometimes as Christians we think, no, he knows everything about my life. He knows, you know, how, what I'm going to do next week. He knows what I'm planning to eat for dinner. The devil is not all-knowing. He's not omniscient. Unfortunately, sometimes as Christians we think he is, and we give him the credit that he does not deserve. It is only God who is all-knowing, 
It is only God who is very clear about his strategy for, for our lives. And he knew, it's interesting that in this, in, this, in this verse, God knew what Pharaoh was thinking. He knew that Pharaoh, he knew how Pharaoh was processing the Israelites' departure from Egypt. And at the same time, God was so sure that whatever Pharaoh was thinking, but that at the end of it all, God would still, he would, he would be the one who would um, gain the victory and honor uh, that was about, about to transpire to transpire, and nothing has changed for you. In the same manner that God knows the devil's strategy over your life, God, God, in the same manner that God knew the uh, Pharaoh's strategy in terms of what he was planning to do, God also knows the devil's strategy over your life. And so that is why it is important for us to be closely aligned to God so that at any stage, in any season, we can be asking God, what do I do? Do I take this decision? Do I go ahead with this? Do I go? Do I stop? What do you want me to do? We need to be the kind of generation that actually allows the Holy Spirit to work in us, sharpening our ears, opening our eyes, so that we can always be ahead of what the devil is planning for ourselves. So nothing has changed for us. Maybe this year you felt as though you've been bewildered by the land. Maybe you felt like the wilderness has closed you in. I want to remind you that nothing catches God by surprise. And that is victory plan for you is still in place and is not changed. It might not be manifest, maybe now, but yet it's not the end of it. God will still gain honor. Amen. In verse 5 it says, Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servant was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. It's, it's interesting when you see just how uh, Pharaoh prepared as he pursued the, the, the Israelites. He knew, like he knew that these guys were not armed. He knew that they were not armed. But I think he also knew that they had a God that he could not resist. And so that's why you can see here, he takes his choices, chariots, he takes his army and his captains over every one of, of, um, of, of them and decides to pursue the, the, the Israelites. The enemy, here's the thing to remember, the enemy will never give up when it comes to pursuing you. So he knew they had left, but almost as an afterthought, he was like, no, 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 we got to go after them. And the devil's strategy in that regard has not changed even for us today. Sometimes you will look like you're walking into your victory. Sometimes it will look like you're just about to embrace your breakthrough. Sometimes it will look like, hey, I've suddenly left 
they have suddenly left Egypt and Pharaoh and his soldiers are behind me. But for all you know, the devil is also having an afterthought, like uh -uh, I still have to pursue. And so that is why it is important for us in our walk and our relationship with God to always be alert, to always be alert in the spirit and in the natural, to always know that yes, my victory is before me, but I also have to be aware of the fact that the devil is not finished with me, that he might still pursue in this area regarding my life, that it might still pursue in terms of the different situations of my life. The devil will not give up. He will not give up when it comes to pursuing you. Sometimes it will look like he has forgotten about you, but even after, and even if you look at um, uh, Luke 4, verse 13, when Jesus, when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, what happened? In Luke 4, verse 13, it says, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. He did this to Jesus. What makes you think he's not going to do this to you? <laughs> Jesus, Son of God, Savior, he did this to him and was like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. And it has not changed even with us. We've got to be, remain alert and vigilant, knowing that even as we walk into victories, the devil may still be behind us and is waiting for an opportune time to follow us. So it is critical that we keep watch and stay alert. When the enemy sets out to fight you, he does so with the finest of armory. He will choose his elite forces just to ensure that he thoroughly defeats you. He will choose his very best. I remember listening to somebody who was saying, even when it comes, he was giving an example of your prayer life. And he was saying that sometimes we think, ah, oh, well, I'm just battling, praying, and being in the presence of God these past few days or these past few weeks. Do you know that sometimes the devil can decide to attack your prayer life and have a strategy for the next five years and only attack you in five years' time? And so often we think, ah, oh, well, it was just uh, two days ago or these last couple of weeks. Sometimes the kind of things the devil does over our lives or to pursue and attack us, he has mapped it out over months, sometimes even over years. So we've got to stay alert. The devil has nothing good to offer us. In John 10, verse 10, it says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. His mission is to destroy us and to do so thoroughly. And sometimes as Christians, we treat the devil as though he's our buddy. He is not. Sometimes as Christians, we treat him as if he's our next of kin. You know, have you, you remember those forms when you complete and they're like next of kin and you put your husband or you put your sibling or you put your mother, you know, the devil is not that. He is not our next of kin. He's our number one enemy, period. And we have to be cognizant of his strategy. So Pharaoh decides, uh-uh, we now have to go after these people. And in verse 9, it says, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them, 
all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, camping by the sea behind Pi Hahiroth, before Baal Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, so they were very afraid. You can picture this scenario, and sometimes I'm sure you've seen even movies on, 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 this, on, this, on this kind of, kind of passage. So there they are, Pharaoh with his choicest army behind the Israelites. And then after a while, the Israelites, they're like, hey, victory, here we come. Finally, we're into the promised land. Oh, we've been told that this land has got milk and honey and everything that comes with it. No more slavery, no more bondage. But then what happens in the midst of that seeming victory, seeming um, uh, a breakthrough, they lift their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. What have you lifted your eyes up to this year? The Bible tells us in Psalm 121, the psalmist says that I look up to the hills. I left my eyes to the hills. Why? Because that is where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And I like that scripture because it goes on to say, he will not allow my foot to be moved. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. How many of you enjoyed last night's sleep? God does not sleep, guys. No matter how, you know, if you, you, you remember, I remember like on Friday evening, I was particularly tired. I'd just been involved in so much activity, just waiting for my sleep, thinking I'm just going to have a good night's rest. God neither sleeps nor slumbers. And so, and, 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 and they lift up their eyes. They lift up their eyes and then they see that the, the, is, the Egyptians are after, are after them. Maybe this year you felt like the enemy has overtaken you. What have you lifted your eyes to that has made you afraid? That has made you lose hope in God's plans for your life. What have you lifted up your eyes to that has made you doubt his promise for your life? Or maybe that has made you rethink, you know, if God is really for you. Have you ever had those moments, you know, in life or in your situations where you say, God, no, 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 let's just talk here. Are you really for me? You seem to be the one who's fighting against me more than anything else. Have you ever, you know, been in that, in that moment, maybe uh, you've lifted up your eyes to a particular situation that has taken place in 2021 and you've said, Lord, you know, I don't know, maybe I, I need to start rethinking whether you're really for me or against me. What external circumstances are you facing now or you faced this year that do not align to God's promise for you? Because the last time I checked, God had said to, these, to this group of people, to these Israelites, go, the promised land is for you, go. But now they lift up their eyes and they're like, no, we're not sure. How have you responded to those circumstances where you've been afraid, where you've lifted up your eyes or maybe to the, to the wrong things? Has it been in fear? Has it been in panic? Has it been in hopelessness? It continues to say that, and the children of Israel, in verse 11, they cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you so dealt with us to bring us, us, bring us up out of Egypt? Is it not the word that you, we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. 
for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. These guys were a problematic people. Moses should have just picked this up from, from the beginning. If it were me, I'd have said, Lord, evidence. Already, we're not even 50 Ks to the promised land. You know, already, listen to, I'm done. I'm done. This savior thing, select somebody else. Are you telling us that there were no graves in Egypt? We wanted to remain in slavery, man. Now, what is this thing that we are seeing and these people are behind us? How many times this year have you resisted God's move in your life and have been adamant that your current position is what's best for you? When God, on the other hand, has a whole new promised land for you in a specific area of your life. These guys used to work for Pharaoh 24-7. And sometimes you wouldn't give them straw and they had to look for it oh, some places, kilometers away. But then they say to Moses, would rather have had that. Would rather have had that. How many times even in our lives and situations do we say to God, Lord, I'd rather have had that. This thing that you're telling me that you can do in my life, this breakthrough that you think you can bring, this change that you can bring, I'm not sure I want it. And so they now begin to, to question and ask Moses. I want to ask you this morning, in which areas of your life have you been bondage for so long, such that slavery, bondage, oppression, captivity has been so comfortable that you actually think that it is right for you? That you actually think that you deserve it? That you actually think that it is what you need because you've just been in it for so long? And so even when God has tried to show you a different picture, a better picture, a picture with promise, you're like, ah, I don't know. Huh? Is it because there are no graves where I am, Lord? Unless God, here's the thing, unless God visits us in our place of bondage, we will never recognize that freedom and breakthrough can never be a reality. Can never be a reality. And so the thing is, when we allow God to come into our situations and when we allow ourselves to hear the voice of God that tells us that, Vim, there's something better for you that I have for you, that, Vim, there's another side to this story, that, Vim, there's another picture to the, what you're going through, that, Vim, yes, you've been where you are for however long, however year, many years in Egypt, but you know what? There is a promised land and my words and promises to you have not changed. Amen. Wherever God arises to move and set us, us uh, whenever God arises to move and set us free in our lives, the enemy will always be in hot pursuit. The devil in this case, Pharaoh, you know, or whoever is opposing what God is doing in your life or the Egyptians will never let you go without a fight. It will not happen with a fight. Let me just remind you of this. When you were created, you were created with a purpose. You were created because God has a destiny for you. There's something that he wants you to do in your generation, not for you, but for the, for the glory of his kingdom. And so what happens is that we need to understand that the enemy does not want that plan, that purpose, that destiny to be accomplished. So he will fight until he fights. He will fight and fight and fight. You know, I, I remember saying, being, I, I remember when I, when I got saved, 
and you know, started going through discipleship you know, many years ago. And I remember saying to one of my cell leaders, nobody ever told me when I got saved that I was going to meet obstacles and struggles in my life. I really doubt this discipleship thing that you guys are, you know, if you didn't disciple me in that area, I mean, what, what else is discipleship about? The reality of the matter is that there is no freedom from bondage that is without a fight. The devil will always be after it. Freedom from addictions is not without wrestling with the enemy. Freedom from oppression of the enemy, from the strategies of the enemy, requires that you step out from that comfort zone and trek through unknown desert territories like the Israelites did and keep your focus until you arrive to your promised land. Amen. Amen. And then in verse 13, it says, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. You must be kidding me. Do not be afraid. Can you imagine thousands of these people in the saying, it, they, they had eyes to see the chariots, guys. And then he says, um, eh, I'd like to address you, you know, and I just want to say to all of you, irrespective of what's happening, just do not be afraid. No, 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 you've got to be nuts, Uncle Moses. And we've heard this fear is false evidence appearing here. I mean, appearing real. The moment you view your circumstances through the lens of fear, you become crippled. You panic and cease to think clearly. How many of you have been through that? The moment fear just comes, it just disrupts everything else in your life. Even where you were thinking clearly, it almost appears as if, you know, you're now in confusion. You will lose foresight. I don't know what this year has brought you, but what fears have you entertained? What fears have you entertained that have crippled you? What fears have you entertained that have derailed your progress in the things you've wanted to accomplish? But I want to encourage you, even as Moses had to say to the Israelites in the midst of this impending danger, do not be afraid. I'm reminded of Isaiah 43 from verse 1 to 3. It says, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to resolve today and for the rest of your life that you'll be one who walks in power, in love, and of a sound mind that comes from the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you today that you'll be one who will resolve. You know what? The reality is fear will always come. There'll be circumstances. There'll be Egyptians following you. There'll be Pharaoh and his chariots following you, even as you are proceeding to your promised land. But I want to encourage you to remember that God says to us, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. Even if you pass through the waters. Did I do something here? 
Even if you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Through the rivers, I'll be with you. Through the fire, the flames will not scorch you. God would not have given us these scriptures if he did, if they didn't, if he did not know that we are and were going to be faced with these um, um, circumstances of fear. Irrespective of how well equipped the army of uh, the Egyptians that's following you, I really want to encourage us this morning to be those who are bold, who stand and believe in the, in the word of God. It goes on to say, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish you today. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which you will accomplish for you today. For those of you with kids, you know, who've had, especially kids when they're at the toddler level, if you ask them to stand still, what happens? You know, have you, have you ever asked them, you know, and some of you, you know, parents will, will identify with them with this, you know, like you want them to remain in a certain place, like, no, no, don't move, stand still, or hold that cup still, or, you know, just don't move. And so here, the, the Lord says, uh, Moses' words to the Israelites, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which you will accomplish for you today, which you'll accomplish for you today. And so what does standing still mean? It actually means uh, don't, don't move, don't take any action that is not of God. It means focus. Do not be swayed to the right or to the left. It means let faith be your strong anchor. You cannot be like a wave of the sea that, you know, that is driven and tossed by the wind. I like what James says in James 1 when he's talking about faith and not doubting. He says, if you ask something, do it in faith and do not doubt. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea tossed by the wind. I was in Cape Town last week or the week before, you know, and we happened to be staying just uh, in a lovely place. Yeah, I'm just trying to, yeah, yeah, I know for some of you are like, yeah, but we, we were locked up, you know, in, in you know, lovely house by the sea, you know, and so we'd wake up, you know, make our coffee and we could see the waves of the sea. The weather wasn't great, it was windy. So when, you know, when the waves are being tossed by the wind, one moment they're going to this side, but the other moment they're going to the other side. And here James makes it clear and says, if you are like that, that picture, you know what, you will not, don't think you'll ever receive anything from God. For such a man is double-minded, unstable, in his, in his ways. Standing still, when God says stand still, it means, you know, hold on to my words. Hold on to the promises that I've given you. When God says stand still, it means remember. Remember even during this time, during this time where defeat looks like it's going to be real, remember those words. Just hold them. Hold on to them a little bit longer. I like what David says in Psalm 61. He says, hear my cry, verse 1, O God, Attend to my prayer for the end of, from the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed lead me to the rock that is higher than I that is what standing still means it means Lord when I'm faced with situations where I'm overwhelmed how many of you have been overwhelmed this year how many of you have really been overwhelmed this year? But David says, when I'm overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. 
We are a privileged people, a chosen generation who in the midst of the turmoils and the waves of, 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 of the seas of life, we've got a rock. We've got a rock that is higher than us. We've got, a, a, a Holy, we've got the Holy Spirit to whom we can go and he can give us ideas and the spirit of wisdom and understanding and show us what to do in situations. We've got God who's our rock that we can go and stand on and not be moved and be still in circumstances when we could be all over the place. And then it says, for the Egyptians whom you see today, these Egyptians whom you see today, I don't know what Egyptians you are seeing today. I don't know what Egyptians you are seeing today, the things you've been trusting God for. Whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. I got a couple of Egyptians I really don't want to see. I want, this thing. I want these people dead and buried. I'm not necessarily talking about physical people, you know, although sometimes, you know, anyway, you know. But these Egyptians that you see today, you are not going to see them in any, any, any longer. How many things, how many things have followed you, have troubled you, have caused commotion and turmoil in your life? And you're saying, you know what, Lord, I don't want to see these things again. I don't want to experience them in 2022. I don't want to see them in 2023. I want them dead and out. I want these situations dead and out of my life. So God says to them, these very Egyptians, Look one more time. These ones, yes, with the chariots, the choices, including Pharaoh himself, you shall see no more forever. Which Egyptians have been following you is my question to you. These do not necessarily have to be physical people. They can be even bad thoughts. They can be even feelings of depression, anxiety, lust, anger, confusion. They can be even be strongholds of poverty or infirmity. I don't know what 2021 has been for you, but which Egyptians have been following you? And are you in that place of faith where you can say, Lord, in the same manner that you eliminated them for the Israelites, you can still eliminate these things that trouble me out of my life. In verse 14, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. I love this. David reminds us in Psalm 61, verse 3, for you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. And David was a man of war, and he knew what it means to be pursued by armies that did not like him. And during David's time, when you were pursued by an army, it's not like people just wanted to show off their armory and, you know, what horses. They, they were looking for you, and they were looking for you to kill you so that you die, so that your power diminishes. So when he then says, for you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy, I don't know what you've been going through. But I want to encourage you to cycle back to scriptures like this, where God, do you say to the Lord, this is before me, I cannot deny this, but you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy, and I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. In Psalm 38, verse 2, it says, in the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. 
How many of you today are saying, you know what, Vim, 12th December 2021, I need to be bold with strength in my soul. I really want the Holy Spirit to help me to embrace boldness, to embrace strength, not just something that comes out of my mouth, but something that resides within me, something that resides in my, in my inner person. And then in verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? <laughs> okay, so Moses also was having his issues, eh? And the Lord, said to Mo, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the Israelites to what? To go forward. Tell the Israelites to go forward. Yes, I know these Egyptians are right by you, but I want you to go back, tell them right now to go forward. And what does go forward mean? It actually means that you keep going. Tell them to keep going. Tell them it means do not look to the right or to the left. It means do not listen. Tell them it, it, God was effectively saying to this group of, of, of people, he was effectively, effectively saying do not listen to the thumbing sound of the hooves of their horses, but keep going, keep going. Do not listen to the sound of the chariots behind you, but keep going. Go forward. I don't know where you are. I don't know what 2021 has done to you, but could it be that you're probably in that place where you are listening, the sound of the chariots of the horses behind you is probably louder than your faith. Could it be that maybe it's the sound of the thumbing of the horses behind you that is louder than where you want to go, that is louder that has become louder than the word of God, the promises of God, than the picture and the vision of the promised land. But even in the midst of that says, go tell them to go forward. I haven't changed. I haven't changed. It's not like I didn't know that Pharaoh and his people were going to follow him. Go tell them now. Keep going. Go tell them the, the promised land is still ahead of them. Go tell them that I've re re removed them, taken them out of bondage, out of slavery, out of captivity. Go tell them now go to go forward because that still stands for them. And it's the same for you today. Nothing has changed. I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters. I want to encourage you to hold on. Yes, it might not look as such on the 12th of December, but God's word and promises, you have not changed. You got to keep going. You got to keep moving. Don't listen to the sound of the chariots and the horses. God's word for you has not changed. The promised land still awaits you. Sipo, I, uh, specifically for your business, just have something in my heart around your business. Go forward. Don't stop. Keep going. God's word, God's promises for you have not changed. Going forward means do not be distracted. God's plan hasn't changed. It means brace yourself and soldier on. And I really believe someone here needs to hear this. Brace yourself and soldier on. Going forward means do not look back. There's more ahead of you than, than what is behind you. Going forward means that there's a breakthrough in front of you. Going forward means that there are lands to be experienced and enjoyed for you, ahead of you. There are breakthroughs awaiting for you. That's what going forward is all about. 
There is the sound. Going forward means that there's the sound of jubilation ahead of you. Whether you currently hear it or not, that is louder than the sound of the Egyptian armies. I want to encourage you, keep going. Even with 19 days left to the year, keep going. Even when one Jan comes, keep going. Even when the 27th of March comes, keep going. Even when the 13th of June comes, keep going. Even when the 30th of September comes, even when the 23rd of November comes, we keep going. That is the nature of what God has built in us. God has not made us those who will throw back in times of war, in times of battle. We are those who have been built with something unique, something of God, something from the throne room, something that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what differentiates us from non-believers. That we've got something in us that keeps us going, that keeps us going. And I really believe that this morning, God wants to encourage us to keep going. So he says, "Uh uh-uh, just go back. Tell them to keep going. Tell them to keep going. I'm still around. I'm still around. Go forward. Let me ask you some questions. At what stage this year did you just stop going forward? Was it in relation to your quiet times? Maybe you, maybe you, you got so fed up with lockdowns, you know, that you're like, ah, you know, God, I'm going to put you on lockdown. You know, I'm going to, Lord, for now, you and me, for now, I'm up, you, you're in level five and a half, you know. Was it in relation to maybe reading the word? Was it in relation to fellowshipping with believers? Where did you stop going forward? Was it in relation building relationships that you knew God wanted you to build and you just didn't, and you just gave up? Was it maybe caring for others, praying for them, and you're like, no, no, I'm the one who needs prayer. In this world at the moment, you know, all prayer should be directed to me, to my life, to my situations, to my circumstances. I ain't doing it for anyone else. Was it maybe in relation to fasting? Where did you stop going forward? And I want to remind us that the moment you stop moving, the moment you stop going forward, it will take you more focus, more determination, more faith, more hope to get up again. It's like, you know, it's like not exercising. Some of you are like, yeah, that's quite foreign to us. What are we talking about? You know? It's like when, you know, you've been, you, you've got a training routine. You know, maybe you've been consistent with the gym, maybe you've been consistent with your running or just your walking. Especially now that we are going into this holiday break, maybe this, this part is really important, you know. And then the moment you stop trying to get back to that again, it's difficult. So that is why it's important. Even as we believe God, as we wait on God, as we hope in God, it's important that we keep moving. Because the moment we stop, we're going to need more faith to actually get back to moving again. It's going to require more focus. It's going to require more determination to get back to that place again. When God says keep going, when God says go forward, here's what it means. Number one, he knows something that we clearly do not know. And I think in this case he did. How many of you agree? So when God, when God says to you, you know what, you know what, my labor, just keep going, you know, it means he knows something that we do not know. In Isaiah 55, verse 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, 
Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God knew exactly. And remember at this stage, these people had no idea what was going to happen with the Red Sea, but did God know? Could it be that was the reason why he was saying, go forward, keep going? Could it be that you are at that place in your life where you are approaching the Red Sea, but God just is, is, you know, there's something about, you know, you can just feel it in your spirit that I, I must still move on. I mustn't lose up. Could it be that God knows something you don't know? Could it be that God is just about to bring you to your Red Sea and part the Red Sea for you? So when God says, go forward, it means you know something we clearly do not know. Number two, it means, the, it means he has been where we have not. I like what it says in, um, in Isaiah 45 verse 1. It says, thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I've held, to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I'll break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I'll give you the treasures of darkness, hidden riches of secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord, will call you by your name, am the God of Israel. And this is the nature of God. He knows. He is so experienced. I know you guys went to school. You know, you are, you, you are professionals and tradespeople, whatever, in what you do, and you consider yourselves professionals and top of the notch. God is also top of the notch when it comes to going ahead of us, when it comes to making the crooked places straight. God knows his acts when it comes to breaking the gates of bronze and cutting the bars of iron. God understands what it means to give you treasures of darkness, hidden riches of secret places. This is his expertise. So could it be that when God says, go forward, he's saying, you know what? I've been where you have not. And I'm quite comfortable with that. In my 47 years of, of life in a few days' time, you know what, I'm quite, I, I find, I find um, a, a solace, consolation in the fact that God has been, is, is, is eternal. His name is he's, he's eternal, you know, he, he, he's been, he's, he's in eternity, yeah. you know. And yet I think, ah, I'm 40, what, what, you know. <laughs> what do I know? Yeah. What do I know? He's been where I haven't been. When God says go forward, it means he has plans for you. Jeremiah 29, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. How many of you on the 12th of December, you, you can say, Vim, I'm looking for a future and a hope. God has got those plans in place. Number four, it means when God says go forward, it means he has mapped out every detail concerning our lives. How's that? In Acts 17, verse 26, it says, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. And we know you, especially you people who are high blues and like planning and detail and say, ah, you know, I'm planning a holiday. You know, I'm planning, you know, I'm going to live overseas in the next five years. You know, I'm planning this and that. 
The Bible makes it clear to us that God has set out and knows our pre-appointed times and boundaries and, our bo and the boundaries of our dwellings. So when he says to us, you know what, keep going, don't stop. Don't get discouraged. Don't be disillusioned. It means he knows that he has mapped out every detail concerning our lives. Amen. Amen. It also means that there are blessings ahead of us. And the Bible makes it clear that his blessings are without sorrow. In Proverbs 10, verse 22, it says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. I mean, comparatively, Egypt, promised land. Egypt, promised land. So when God says go forward, it means the blessings ahead are without sorrow, and they are better than where we are. Number six, it also means that his peace will forever accompany us. I like what Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. God's peace is always our portion. In Philippians 2 verse 6 it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And finally, it also means that he's got this. Hmm? You've got this, you know, he's got this, he is, he is, he is in charge. In Isaiah 40, it says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My just claim is passed over by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. God is always out to strengthen us. He's always out to ensure that we are not weary. He's always out to ensure that when we wait for him, that he appears, he rocks up because he's got this. Because he's got this. So we've got to keep moving forward. Amen. Just as I conclude, so what does this mean ahead of the new year? Often we think the new year is like months away. You know, have you ever come to the, you know, in December, it looks like, ah, Jan, Jan, you know. No, no, no. It's, there's next week, then the other week, then, the, then it's Jan. It's three weeks. So what does this mean? What does this mean going forward? You know, what does it really mean ahead of the new year? And here are some tools to help us as we prepare for 2022. Number one, how you leave, you've heard of this, you've heard this before. How you leave is how you enter. Let me just say this. If you are discouraged now and you don't go to the Lord in your quiet time or you don't pick up the word of God or you don't surround yourself with people who boost you in the Lord and in his word, one gen, you will still be like that. 
If there's things you have not resolved right now in your heart, one jam, they won't go away. How you leave is how you enter. How you're going to leave 21, 2021 is how you're going to enter 2022. So I want to encourage us to really take time in these next three weeks or so, take a post-mortem of this year regarding every area of your life. Take a post-mortem regarding your relationship with God. And this is the only way we can ensure that we don't repeat the mistakes that we have encountered this year over and over again. I want to encourage us to really take time out to take a post-mortem, whether it's your relationship with, with the Lord. How are you feeling about God? Or do you feel close to him? Are you carrying anger toward him? Are you having your quiet times? Are you reading your Bible? Are you even praying? Are you even talking? Um, what is God talking to you about? Every detail of your relationship, I want to encourage you to take a post-mortem. And say, Lord, help me in this, help me in that, um, as you prepare for, 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 next, for next year. Maybe for some of you, it's in your marriage, take a postmortem. Maybe it's in your relationship with your kids, take a postmortem. Maybe it's in the area of your work, your career, your business, your studies, take a postmortem. Maybe it's in your ministry, what God has called you to, take a postmortem. What is it that needs to change? Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what needs to change and what you can do better in 2020, um, 2022. So number one, um, how you leave is how you enter. Number two, come up with a strategy on how to change certain things in the, in the new year. We're so good at writing New Year's resolutions and saying, "One to in this area, this is what I want to achieve in this area. That's what I want to achieve in that area, etc." Do you know what? As I was thinking about this, I say to the Lord, "I want to change my strategy for the for the for 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 next year." And do you know what the change is? The change is instead of me writing a New Year's resolution, I want to write a crafted prayer for every desire of mine in 2022. Because what happens is it's one thing to have a list with New Year's resolutions. It's another thing to have a whole set of crafted prayers because you're likely to pray into them than just look at a list. I want to encourage you to write a crafted prayer for each area of your life and that's so that you can pray through that desire, that thing you want to ac accomplish uh, consistently throughout the year. You are more likely to gain traction if you have prayers that you are praying through uh, regularly than just some New Year's resolution. So what would that crafted prayer look like? For example, I decided to just pin um, one concerning my relationship with God, just as an example. And this is what I'm going to write. I'm going to write, Father, Father, what I've written, Father God, may that which you have created me for truly manifest in this coming year. May it truly manifest in this coming year. Father, I bring to remembrance the word that you've given me over my life, my life word, my life um, uh, a prophecy, destiny word over my life, Isaiah 49, 1 to 6. Listen, O coastlands, to me and take heed, you peoples from afar. The Lord has called Vimbai from the womb, from the matrix of her mother. He has made mention of her name. He has made her name like a sharp sword. In the shadow of 
his wings. You have made me, Lord. You've made me a polished shaft. In your quiver, you have hidden me and said to me, you are my servant, vermin, whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I've labored in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing and in vain. Surely my just reward is with the Lord and my work with God. And now God says, who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring back Jacob to him so that Israel is gathered to him. Do you think if I were to write them, pray regularly, you know, them, read the word, them, uh, fast, them, those things are good. I'm not saying they are bad. Where, how would, do you think I'd gain traction just reading that on, on my cupboard, that list every day, or praying, praying destiny words, praying destiny words that will shift my relationship with God. I want to encourage you, whether it's your business, whether it's your kids, whether it's your career, whether it's, I don't know, relational issues, I want to encourage you. Instead of just, yes, you may write your resolutions, etc., go ahead, but let each be accompanied by a crafted prayer. And I want us to talk in June. I want us to talk and have a conversation in June because I'm so sure you'd have gained better traction that way. The third one is be prepared for the curveballs of 2022. Be prepared for the curveballs of 2022. The reality we face about life is that sometimes it does throw curveballs. Things don't always turn out as planned. True overcomers are those who master the arts of embracing the challenges, the bumps, the valleys of life and learn from them and move on and keep going forward. I want to ask, I want to really encourage you to ask God to prepare you for the unexpected of 2022. And there will be a few of those that will transpire. But remember this, that even in Psalm 32 verse 7, it says, you are my hiding place. So as you say to God, God, I don't know every detail about next year. You know, I might have a, a frame of reference, etc. but I want you to prepare for those things I've not foreseen. And I want you, Lord, to be my hiding place, as it says in Psalm 32, to preserve me from trouble, surround me, be my song of deliverance. And this is the final thing I'll say to you this morning. As you prepare and think about 2022, I just want to bring you to remembrance the words of this powerful song we've heard many a time. It is well with my soul. When peace like a river tendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say it is well. It is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, through trials, though trials should come, let blessed assurance control that Christ is regarded by helpless estate and hath shed his blood for my soul. It's going to be well with you in 2022. It's going to be well with you in 2022. I want to encourage you to keep going. I want to encourage you to not hold back, to go forward. God will prepare you for the unexpected. Keep holding on to his word and know, even as you don't know what will happen, that it is well with your soul because you belong to God. Let's pray. I want to pray for you. Um, I want to pray for you ahead of the new year. 
Father, right now I pray for my brothers and sisters in this place. I declare that may 2022 receive you. May 2022 receive you. I pray that whatever you've been created for will truly manifest in this coming year. I pray that the Lord will be well pleased with you in 2022. I pray that the Lord will grant you the grace to be heard in your work environment, in your business, in your ministry, in your family, in anything that you put your hands to. May the, the Lord grant you the grace to be heard. May everything about your life in this coming year glorify God. I pray that even where you felt constrained, I call out, I call you out out of that place of limitation. I declare that in 2022, you will arise and shine and flourish in the things of God, in the things that God has called you to. I call you into your zone of breakthrough this coming year. I speak breakthrough in every area of your life, in your family, in your marriage, in your children's life. I speak the breakthrough that comes from the throne room of God in your work, in your career, in your business, in your relationship with God, in your ministry. I command every obstacle in your life to break every wall of hindrance that's before you. I command it to come down in the name of Jesus. Every wall of Jericho before you, I command it to come down. I declare that the, God, the blessings of God will follow you. His goodness and mercies will follow you through each day and each month of 2022. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.